Yes, may it be so. What a privilege it is to, to worship God and, and to be in His presence. And boy, I, I, I miss you. I miss being with you in the same room, but I'm glad that we can connect via this medium and we're glad that you're here. We love you. You know, in the midst of, of all the headlines and the news, we're always looking for good news. And, and, uh, and I have a, a little piece of good news to give to you. And it has to do with, with our connecting point. You know, this uh, beautiful uh, structure that is on our campus is, uh, is a structure that is a result of, of three years of dreaming and planning, of meeting, of giving, of ideas, and then now it is finally finished, and we are so thankful for that. The connecting point is in a strategic place on our campus. It's, it's right in the middle of it, and people come out from the children's building, from this worship center, from the student center, from the adult classrooms, and, and they converge, they, they meet there, they interact there, and it's a great place. It's about people, it's about smiles, it's about laughter, and, uh, and, and, and it's a place of handshakes and hugs. But we, we've taken those for granted, haven't we? I, I miss hugging people, but, but this is a place where people uh, encounter each other. And, and so uh, when all of this COVID-19 crisis is behind us, and I hope that's soon, we're gonna have a time of dedication for this place. Because this place is, is about, is really where it starts, where, where we began to make disciple makers for the glory of God among the nations. So we want to dedicate this uh, connecting point uh, to, uh, to God and say, God, for your faithfulness, for your goodness, we thank you, we dedicate it to you so it can be used by you to bless people so that every person that, that steps into the connecting point senses the love of God and, and senses the love of our church and, and so that every person that comes through will have an opportunity to connect with the mission of making disciple makers for the glory of God among the nations. So, so we're thrilled about that. And, and until then, uh, until that day when we can dedicate it, we, we, we're just thankful uh, and we will we'll look forward to that. Well, when we think about Nehemiah and his story, we, we come to this renewal uh, part of our series in the book of Nehemiah. And, and as we're moving forward, we come to the place where the wall that they had built is being dedicated. Just like we're going to dedicate the connecting point here at Calvary, this chapter is about the dedication of the wall in Jerusalem that they had rebuilt. And, and let's go to our text, Nehemiah chapter 12, beginning with verse 27. We'll go there and we'll begin our, our, our message there. Nehemiah 12, 27. And it reads like this in the NIV. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. Uh, these are percussion and string instruments that were characteristic of, of a processional. Think of it as an old school Jewish marching band. Or, or maybe as a Jewish mariachi of sorts. Whatever the style might have been, 
this time is a time of thanksgiving and worship for the people of God. And, and so as we enter the story, we're entering into a worship service. I really believe that during this time, God wants to teach us something about worship, that, that as we are in our homes today and connecting via live stream and wondering when we can come again together, that God has a lesson for us regarding worship. That when we look at the scriptures today, at the story of Nehemiah, we enter into a worship experience and we learn from it. So let's see the first thing that we find here is that God's people offered holy dedication as worship. If you've been following the story of rebuilding and renewal in the book of Nehemiah, you know that they have overcome incredible odds. They, they have faced obstacles and the people are able by God's grace to rebuild from a dilapidated uh, wall. And now as they have finished this work, they come to the point of dedicating it to the Lord. But not only do they dedicate the wall, they dedicate themselves. See, worship is not just about a place, it's about people. Let's continue our reading here in Nehemiah chapter 12, verses 38 through 40, uh, actually 28 through 30, and it, and it reads like this, Nehemiah chapter 12, 28 through 30, the rest of that passage where we just read says, the musicians also were brought together from the region around Jerusalem, from the villages of Nepho from Beth Gilgal and from the area of Giva and Asmaveth, for the musicians had built villages for themselves around Jerusalem. When the priests and Levites had purified themselves ceremonially, they purified the people, the gates, and the wall. So you see, all these musicians came from all over the place. These people who were skilled in playing instruments and in singing and leading in worship, they came to the city for a great worship festival. And in addition to all these musicians, to all these instruments, to all these worship leaders, now we had priests and Levites who performed the sacrifices and they were gathered there. And the Bible tells us in what we just read that the priests and the Levites purify themselves and then they purified all of the people in Jerusalem. They purified the wall, they purified the gates. See, they, they, they followed the recipe that God had given them to, to cleanse themselves, to prepare themselves for a time of worship. Here's the thing, a holy God expects his people to show up in holiness. You know, we've been talking a lot about hand washing during this time and how important it is to wash your hands so that you get rid of all the, the possibilities of a bacteria or a virus being passed on to somebody else. Before you do anything, you want to wash your hands. And that's physically and spiritually what, what God was telling the people to do is you need to cleanse yourself spiritually. You need to purify yourselves so that you don't bring anything that is unholy into my presence as you worship me. So that's what dedication means. It's, it, it's people saying, God, we give this wall to you. We set it apart for you. It is for your service and, and we're setting it apart as something that is dedicated to you, something that is holy to you. It is yours. Bring yourself glory through it. It is the people of God saying, God, we set ourselves apart for you. We're not just dedicating the wall. We're dedicating ourselves. We're saying that we want to be holy. We want to be set apart to worship you. 
And dedication means that, that we get rid of idols. Sometimes we begin to, to be influenced by the idols uh, that, that we make of things and of people. You know, someone said uh, this week that, that some people have come to worship athletes and it's interesting that, that now all professional sports are canceled. Some people have come to worship uh, musicians and now all concert venues are closed. Some people have, have come to worship actors and now all theaters are closed. Some people have worshiped the economy and now the economy is, is in real trouble. In fact, some people have even worshiped church buildings. Sometimes we've, we've made a sacred cow out of church buildings and now even our church buildings are closed. And the only thing we have left is ourselves at home, our family and the Lord. What an important time to dedicate ourselves, to set ourselves apart and say, there's nothing else that's gonna take the place of God. There's, there's nothing else that's gonna be an idol in my life. We, we dedicate ourselves in holiness. We make ourselves available for you to make us holy. We dedicate our home to you. This, this, this living room, these couches, this, this dining room table, it's to be holy for you, God. On Sunday and on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday, on Thursday, Friday and Saturday, we dedicate ourselves to you. Romans 12.1 tells us what true and proper worship is all about. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. True and proper worship is offering ourselves up as a holy, living sacrifice that is pleasing to God. True and proper worship is, is dedicating our homes to God, is dedicating our families to God. True and proper worship is, is saying, God, we, we set ourselves apart for you. It, it is more than going to a place. It is a dedication of ourselves and our families. This is worship at its basics. It is worship at the simplest common denominator. It is worship at its core. It is us offering ourselves to God as living sacrifices along with our families and our homes. So let us do that. Let us offer God this, this holy sacrifice uh, that, that is us. Let us ask him to purify us, to cleanse us. Let's offer our living room, our kitchen table as a place for worship. Let's say, regardless of what happens, this home, this place is going to be a place of worship for God every single day. That's what the people of God did. They dedicated themselves. And then the second thing that we see them do is, is they... They offer themselves in joyful celebration as worship. You know, if you've been following the story of Nehemiah from chapter one all the way here, you know this is the climax. This is the highest point of the story. It, it ends in a worship service. And, and, and we find here the people, those who had returned from Jerusalem after the Babylonian exile had come and they had found ruins and they felt forgotten. They felt forsaken. They were wondering where God was and if God still had a purpose for them. They, they looked around them and they found ruins and they felt hopeless. And as they lived like that day in and day out, day in and day out, one day God sent someone 
to bring about hope. He sent Nehemiah to bring about a vision of a new beginning. And, and as, as he had a plan, as he had a vision, the people rallied and they worked hard. They faced opposition from without and God gave them wisdom and grace to continue. They faced opposition internally as they had conflicts and, and God gave Nehemiah the ability to lead them through very important social reforms so that they could continue. And when it was all said and done, when it was all finished, they were able to, to complete this wall. And the, the really important thing is as they heard God's word being read, perhaps for the first time in their lives, and they were convicted, they confessed their sins, they received forgiveness, and they renewed their commitment to the covenant. They renewed their commitment to obey God. And here's the thing that is really exciting about Nehemiah. It's not a wall. It's the fact that God renewed a people. How could they not be happy? Yes, the wall had been rebuilt, but the greatest work that God had done here was the hope that was renewed for a people, the identity of the people of God that was affirmed, the destiny that was secured, the relationship that was restored. How could they not be filled with joy? How could they not celebrate with exuberance? How could they not have a massive worship celebration? That's exactly what is going on in chapter 12 of Nehemiah. Let's go to, to uh, verse 40 of that same chapter and continue to read what is being said there. Chapter 12. Uh, we begin with verse uh, 40, back in Nehemiah, and it reads like this. The two choirs that gave thanks then took their places in the house of God, so did I, together with half of the officials, as well as the priests, Eliakim, Messiah, Miniamin, Micaiah, Eloinai, Zechariah, and Hananiah with their trumpets, and also Messiah, Shemaiah, Eleazar, Uzi, Jehonanam, Malchiah, Elam, and Ezer, the choir sang under the direction of Jezariah. And on that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. So here you have these two massive choirs that, that are marching on the walls. And if you can imagine, these are people that have come from all around the region. It's not just the people in the city. It's not just the people from a local church. It's, it's the entire region gathering Jerusalem. And there's a choir that's walking on one side of the wall and they're going around playing instruments and singing, singing songs of thanksgiving. And on the other side is the other half of the people. It's the second choir and they're listening to the choir that is happening on the other side of the city. They can hear each other from across the city and they respond to one another. And then they get, they arrive at the temple as, as a great convergence of, of, of the people of God in joy, and, and, and extreme celebration, this, this great gathering of God's people. And they march and they parade and they sing and, and the sound fills the city and it goes beyond the city. And when they get to the temple, the Bible says that they offer great sacrifices. This wasn't just a going through the motion service. It wasn't just another worship service. They brought God their best. 
It was a special occasion. It was a renewed sense of worship. It was extravagant and joyful. They brought the house down. The, the noise was so loud that it could be heard beyond the city. I, I've been so blessed this week as I've been following some of you on social media and what you're doing. And, and, and I've been blessed because some of you have been posting uh, on, on Facebook and, and other means your songs of worship. I, I, I've seen people doing, uh, uh, you know, ukulele and, uh, and also, uh, you know, singing with their keyboard or even dancing, doing Zumba. And I think that's a great thing because here are our families from Calvary at home and the result of their overflowing worship, whatever instrument they use, whether it's a ukulele or a keyboard or their bodies, it's going to be heard beyond these four walls. And that's what was happening here. Worship was a celebration that could be heard beyond the walls of Jerusalem. See, the best worship that we offer God is our best. When our hearts are filled with thanksgiving, when our hearts are filled with praise, when our hearts are filled with gratitude, we offer that to God and, and it just flows from our heart. That is what it means to worship God in celebration. That's what the people of God did. And then we come towards the end of this story in chapter 12 and we see that God's people offered full participation as worship. You know that you had skilled musicians we talked about, they brought them from all over the place. And we had priests and Levites that had special tasks in the temple, offering sacrifices and, 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 and doing music and taking care of things in the temple so that, so that things would go smoothly. But this wasn't just a worship service of musicians and priests. It was for all the people. All the people participated. That's what we see here in the scriptures. It's a reminder to us that, that worship is not just for professionals that worship is not just for grown-ups, that worship is for every single child of God. Every man, every woman, every young man, every child can come to God in worship and participate. The people specifically here worship through song, they worship through sacrifice, but they also worship through giving. The priests and the Levites receive these offerings and all the people, all the people, notice this as we read the passage, all the people gave to the support of the temple. Nehemiah chapter 12, verses 44 through 47 is, is the last portion that we're going to read today as we finish up the chapter. And it reads like this. At that time, men were appointed to be in charge of the storerooms for the contributions, first fruits, and tithes. From the fields around the towns, they were to bring into the storerooms the portions required by the law for the priests and the Levites. For Judah was pleased with the ministering priests and Levites. They performed the service of their God and the service of purification, as did also the musicians and gatekeepers, according to the commands of David and his son Solomon. For long ago, in the days of David and Asaph, there had been directors for the musicians and for the songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. So in the days of Zerubbabel and of Nehemiah, all Israel contributed the daily portions for the musicians and the gatekeepers. They also set aside the portion for the other Levites and the Levites set aside the portion for the descendants of Aaron. 
In chapter 10, which we talked about last Sunday, the people renewed their commitment to obedience. And they committed to not neglect the work of God. You might remember that. And so here, they're, they're making good on their commitment. They're making good on their promise. They wanted to make sure that God's work continued, that, that God's worship continued in the temple. And they said, we're not going to neglect that. We're going to support it. <clears throat> and so they come to this point and they make good on their promise. God's plan has been that, that God's work should be supported by God's people. That's always been the plan. The people gave to support the priests and the Levites and the musicians and everything that took place at the temple. They brought of their tithes and of their first fruits. And this is the way the dedication of the wall ends. It ends with the people giving of their offerings, giving their first fruits, giving their tithes. It's not going to be just a one-time event, but it is a commitment to continue. See, I think the people of God had a new appreciation for temple worship. After so long of not being able to hear God's word, after so long of not being able to be together to worship, after so long of not experiencing these sacrifices and these things that felt them be obedient and closer to God, they said, we missed that and we're going to participate in that. All of us are going to participate in it. That's what verse 47 says. Look at it again. It says, all Israel contributed. It's about participation. Every single person participated in the singing. Every person was a part of, of the sacrifices that were offered in the temple. And every family had an opportunity to contribute to the work of God at the temple. You see, worship is an invitation for people to participate. Every person, every adult, every child, every household can offer worship to God. One of the things that that's been kind of neat here in the valley during this time. It's, it's been to watch these stadiums at night that are being lit up uh, in, in a sign of, of solidarity, in a sign of, of saying, we're, we're together in this. We're, we're going to light up uh, the stadiums at, at night. And, and all over the valley, these stadiums are shining the light. And, and it's a reminder to everyone that although we're alone at home, that, that we're not really alone. That, that we're together, that, that, we're, that we're connecting with each other. There's power when we do things together. Even we're all, when we're all staying at home, there's power in that. We, we talk about that. We see the, the, the commercials that tell us that, that we're helping this, uh, stop the spread of this virus or slow it down by staying home, by, by observing hygiene, by, by doing all these things and that if everybody does their part, that, that we can all make a huge difference. And that's because that's the way God designed us. God designed us so that all of us can participate in worship, that all of us can, can honor God with our lives when we give generously, when we serve one another, when we look out for each other, when, when we connect with each other, when we're doing all of this and we're all participating in what God is doing, then God is honored. That's worship. That is offering God our best. And then we look forward to something really, really special. I want you to, to go with me to a passage you're very familiar with, and it is a great reminder to us of, of how this is all going to end up. And it's found in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. 
And, and, and as we look at this scripture, it reminds us of, of the end. It reminds us of, of the last chapter of this story. And it says like this, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You see, one day, every single person that has made Jesus Lord is going to be part of a giant worship service. It'll be the greatest gathering of God's people that we have ever seen in the history of mankind. It'll be bigger than the dedication of Solomon's temple. It'll be bigger than the dedication of the wall in Nehemiah's time. It'll be a, a, an incredible gathering of people from all tribes and languages present before the throne of God. And notice that the, this worship service is not about a temple. Notice that it's not about a wall. It's about people. People who are redeemed. People whom Jesus saved when he went to the cross and died for their sins. And that's why they sing about salvation. Because they've been forgiven. Because they've been redeemed. Because they've been renewed. Because they've been restored to a relationship with their creator. And they will be together in this worship service. I don't know when this COVID-19 thing will end. I don't know what things are going to look like. After all, it's over. I don't know how our lives are going to change. I don't know what's going to happen with the economy. I don't really know where we're going to be together again in this place that, that we love so much. But I do know one thing because the Bible tells me that, that the day is coming when all of us will gather together, not just Calvary Baptist Church, not just the believers in McAllen or the Rio Grande Valley, but every single believer in the history of redemption, we'll gather together in an incredible worship experience and we'll sing to God and we'll rejoice in his salvation and we'll be in his presence. You know, the more that we get into this crisis mode, the more that we long for the return of Jesus. The more that we long for our eternal destiny, our eternal home. And I wonder if you've made preparations. I wonder if you have made sure that you have a place in that worship service. There's still room. There's still room for those that, that would come and trust Jesus as Savior and Lord and say, I want to be in eternity in that worship service together with everyone else. And you come to him by faith. And when we get to that day, we will gather. We will be together We'll be participating. And until then, every time we have worship around the kitchen table, every time that we live stream, every time that we gather anywhere to worship, until then, we're just rehearsing for the big worship service. See, the climax of Nehemiah's story is a worship service. God's people worship through holy dedication, through joyful celebration, and, and through complete participation. And today... We can join Christ followers all over the world from where you are. Our spirits are connecting with people all over the world, literally. And we join the angels in heaven and we worship God. 
We don't need priests to offer sacrifices for us. We don't need Levites to, to do things on our behalf because Jesus is our high priest. And, and, and that means that every believer, every person that is a follower of Christ is a priest. Every dad, every mom, every teenager, every child who's trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord is a priest that can go directly to God's presence through Jesus Christ, who is our high priest. Pastors and, and leaders at church are not our go-betweens. They are the people that equip us so that we can be good priests, good disciple makers. And so I want to encourage you to, to be a worshiper this week. In the midst of everything that is happening, be a worship. Dedicate yourself as a holy sacrifice to God. And, and, and you do that by asking God to cleanse you and to set you apart for his glory. Dedicate yourself. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you say, I don't know that I can ever be holy. I've, I've sinned too much. And then I want to tell you, you can't make yourself holy, but God can make you holy through Jesus because he died on the cross for your sins. And because he rose from the dead, he can give you everything you need to start over again. And cleanse you from every mistake, from every sin, from every impurity, and make you holy. So ask him to do that right now where you are. Ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And families, I want to encourage you to celebrate worship as a family. Enjoy the time that you're together. In a few moments, I'm going to point out uh, about our downloadable uh, exercise that we have for the family to discuss what we've talked about already. There are questions there. Use that or use anything that, that, that God leads you to use, whether it's the Bible or a musical instrument, to worship together as a family. Do that on Sundays. Do that during the week. Find opportunities to do that. In fact, I, I'm looking forward to maybe getting videos of some of your family singing together or or doing something together, sending them to us so that, so that we can share them. We want to see families worshiping at home, and maybe on Easter Sunday we can share some of those. So, so think about doing that. And then participate with all of God's people in giving, in sharing, and in serving. There are great needs and great opportunities to be sacrificial and generous over the next several days. Offer that as an act of worship to God. Well, as I've said uh, in, in the notes, the sermon notes that you can download from the live page, there's a section for you to uh, use in discussion, whether it's you're a couple or whether you want to Zoom with other individuals or if the family comes together. And, and we divide it between head, heart, and hands. The, the head is about reviewing the story that we talked about. The, the heart is about reflecting on how that story makes you feel, and then the hands are about responding to God with a specific action. I've offered you there some questions that will guide your discussion. And so as we end the live stream, I hope that, that you'll take advantage of being able to uh, gather together and discuss these questions and worship God in that way. There's even a coloring sheet uh, for, for the young ones that has instruments the Jewish people used in ancient times. Thank you for joining our live stream. I hope that your worship in your personal life and in your family will become richer this week because of God's word and God's spirit. Allow me to pray for you.
Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the people of God who knew how to celebrate and worship with loud music and cymbals and, and singing for the extravagant sacrifices they brought to the temple and for their faithful contribution, for their faithful giving to the work of God. And so today, God, as we worship from our homes, we thank you that in some way, all things have been stripped away from us and, and we're down to the simplicity of just us and you. And so I pray that in that simplicity, you bring us back to yourself, that you make us better worshipers. God, we dedicate ourselves to be set apart, to be holy. We commit to celebrate and rejoice in a way that others will know that we have a savior. And God, we, we commit to the privilege of participating in giving, in serving, so, so that needs are met, God. We offer all that as an act of worship. We pray, God, for people who are uh, been tested positive in the Rio Grande Valley with COVID-19. We pray for healing. We pray for people in the front lines, for, for nurses and doctors, for hospitals, for your protection on them, for wisdom in developing a vaccine. We pray for our leaders who are making difficult decisions. We pray for people in New York, in California, in uh, New Orleans. We pray for people in Spain, in Italy. We pray for people all over the world who are struggling with this and that during this time, your purposes would be fulfilled. Meet the needs of people who are hungry, who are lonely. I think of, of senior adults who are isolated in nursing homes and they can't touch or see anybody. God, may you be the presence of God in their midst. May the Holy Spirit encourage them during this difficult time. And God, we pray that it would end soon. We pray all these things with thanksgiving. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you so much for watching. We love you and we'll see you soon. God bless you.